0: Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for being here. The Bhagavad Gita, uh, oh, one request, we had a request for some commentary on the Krishna Ashtakam. First we will recite, chant, the opening Ashtanga Yoga Mantras and the Krishna Ashtakam. And then we'll take it from there. Om Tat Satu. Om Shri Gurave Namah, Om Shri Ganeshaya Namah, Om Shri Saraswatyay Namah, Om Vande Gurunam Charanaravinde, Sandrasita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe, Nishreyase Jangarikaya Mane, Sam-sara-hala-hala-moha-shantye moha shantye abha karam dharinam sahasra shirasam Pranamami-pitanjalim o oh. Swasti Prajabia, paripalayantam Nyayina, Margina, Mihi, Mihishaha, Go Brahmani Shubhamastu Nityam, Lukaha, Samastaha, Sukhino Bhavantu. Om namo brahma vidyo brahma sampradaya kartrubhyo namo vam srishibhyo namo mahabhyo namo Gurubhyaha sarvo paplavaraita pragnana ghana prtigantho brahmaya tat sata. Vasudevasutam devam, Kamsachanuramardhanam, Devaki Paramanandam, Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum, Atasi Pushpasam Purashopitam ratnakam kanakeyuram, krishnam vande jagat-gurum, kutilalakasainyuktam, oorna-chandra-nibhananam, vilasat kundaladharam, krishnam vande jagat mandara gandha sainyuktam charuhasam chatur bhujam krishnam Krishnam-vande-jagat-gurum. Utpulla-patma-patra-aksham, ya davadam shiro ratnam krishnam vande jagat gurum rukmani kele sainyuktam pitaambara shushobitam avad tulasi gandham krishnam vande jagat gurum Gopikaam Kanchu Kuchatvandva Kunkumankita Vakshatam Shriniketam Maheshwasam Krishnam Vande Jagatgurum Shrivat Sankam Ahodaskam Vanamalavirajitam shankha chakra daram devam krishnam vande jagat gurum krishna stakam idam punyam pratah koti janmakritam papam smarameva vinashyati so the first verse vasudeva sutam devam kamsach Mardanam, devaki Paramanandam, krishnam vande jagat gurum vasudeva sutam devam is the son sutam is the son of vasudeva Kamsa Chanura Mardhanam. Uh, There's a king, Kamsa, and uh, one of his uh, henchmen, Chanura. So Mardanam, he, he killed Kamsa and Chanura. Devaki Paramanandam. Devaki is his mother. Parama Anandam. The supreme Ananda, supreme joy, supreme bliss. Param Anandam. Uh, Krishna is his mother's devaki's supreme joy. Right? Our children are our supreme joy. Typically, this is very common. So, uh, very proud when your when your son is accomplished, when your child is accomplished. It's a it's quite a joy. Um, so the interesting thing here uh well vasudeva and Devaki. one interesting thing maybe is you've seen possibly vasudeva as a name for krishna so he's called vasudeva because his father is vasudeva so simple silly sanskrit tricks no big deal uh Kamsa and Chanura. So, Kamsa and Devaki, they're cousins. Kamsa is a horrible, nefarious king. Uh, and uh, it's predicted, um, well, let's go back. Devaki and Vasudeva, they get married. Right? They're his parents. Vasudeva's Krishna's father. Devaki is uh, his mother. Which means they must have got married. Right? So uh, in the old days, when the woman gets married, then the older brother would escort the, his younger, his daughter, his little I mean his um, sister, his little sister, he'd escort her to the groom's house to his brother-in-law's house so after the wedding the auspicious occasion of the wedding day right that's everybody's that's it's a big day for people so on the way to his uh, to Vasudeva's home um while well, Kamza is is uh chauffeuring them you know in the chariot there's a a voice from the sky (laughs) uh, that utters a a prophecy that Devaki's eighth son is going to kill him. (laughs) Remember, he's a a very horrible, mean, uh, nefarious, uh, nefarious, I like that word. I ran across that word reading about this story. (laughs) I got a nefarious. Who would, when would we ever get to use that word nefarious? So it comes up, uh, King comes up, he's this very evil, uh, not well-liked person except other, except by other evil-minded people um, who are probably only pretend to like him because they're jealous or envious or have their eye on worshiping his power. Or getting a share of his a cut of his <laughs> of, of his take, so so Devaki's his cousin, and they're on the way, and and the voice from the sky uh, prophesies, "Oh, Key's son, his her eighth son is going to kill you." <laughs> so uh, you can imagine Kamsa was pretty uh, taken aback by by that prophecy coming. From the heavens, from the sky, uh, and his immediate reaction was to slay his sister, his cousin. That is his cousin. Um, but Vasudeva luckily, was witty enough to intervene with uh, the right things to say. He and he he brought up things like, "Oh, you know, people respect you, and you, if you just kill them. <laughs> on her wedding day, you're you're." person you're supposed to be protecting on the way to her after her wedding on the way to her groom's um abode her groom's home uh and you kill her like this is gonna not look good at your reputation so it's maybe not the best thing and besides you know uh she doesn't even have any kids it said he said you're eighth her eighth child so you got a long ways to go before you have anything to worry about so Let's just hold off, don't do anything rash, especially not on her wedding day. And and anyways, she he was successful. He managed obviously because Krishna was born, right? Uh, he he got him to back down. And uh oh, and he made a promise, part of the 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 deal <laughs> to get Kamsa to back down, the icing on the cake was Vasudeva made a promise that he would bring the children, to Tecumseh, so that he could deal with them appropriately. If my wife Devaki has any children, I will bring them to you and you can handle them as uh, you deem fit. Uh, and lo and behold, what happens? They have some kids. Right? The first kid and Vasudeva, right, he's a man of his word. Uh, and he takes the first child to Kamsa, and Kamsa's like, wow, look at that! You're honoring your word. I can't believe it. Who in their right? You're crazy. Like, I, I got a lot of respect for you. I would never do that. Uh, so he he develops a kind of a compassionate respect for him, like that he's actually bringing his firstborn child, his which is his son, to to him, to so that he can kill it. Uh, but uh uh i forget how how does it go uh he decides it you know uh maybe somebody in the court advised said you know it's the eighth son that that's going to kill you th- not the first son you don't have anything to worry about with this child um and because he was so impressed with vasudeva's uh vasudeva's um honorable act of keeping his word and handing over his so- child that he he decided to let Vasudeva take his son back with him. But, you know, remember Sage Narada, Denise? The Sage Narada, who is Narada? Take your mute off and tell us who is Narada. You're reading the Narada Bhakti Sutra, right? Ah, Narda. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nothing to say. Who he is? I got mixed up. Oh. But you don't. You're reading the Narada Bhakti Sutra. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, I, I forgot. I forgot the the beginning part. I, I get mixed up with all those stories. Ah, oh, but I'm just asking who's Narda. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, so Narada, Narada, is some sage, some sage, right? He's uh, composed a, a book, the Narada Bhakti Bhakti or Bhakta Sutras. And uh, anyways, he uh, the the wise people, right, and the gods, they know that Krishna's the Lord is going to be born, and they're kind of anxious for the Lord's birth to arrive. Right. So if, if Kamsa doesn't follow through on <laughs> being a horrible person that then it's gonna maybe kind of foil their plan <laughs> to get Kamsa axed by Krishna. It's so like Krishna is gonna be born, right? And one of his tasks in this uh, incarnation is Krishna, one of Vishnu's tasks is to axe Kamsa along with all you know a whole host of other evil um demonic people that that are inhabiting, you know, ruling the earth at the time. So Narada actually advises, comes uh, like, hey, you know, <laughs> he gives, he, he, one of the things he did was he tricked him, like, he gave him a, fla- a rose, and he's like, which is the first petal, which is the last petal that forms on the rose, right? You can't be sure, like, which is, you know, you got to just kill them all. Because you don't know which one, like, and anyways, he, he gets him worked up, right? And he gets them to thinking like, yeah, you're right. I got to just like cover all my bases and I got to be thorough with this. And I can't let, take any chances and let it, let any of them slip. So he, uh he decides to take the baby and he kills it. Um, so Narda's like, phew, because we got to hasten the process to get the Lord incarnated, right? Also, if the wife... If Devaki is taking care of the child, it's going to delay like how long until the next child. We got to get to the eighth kid. That could take a while, right? So, and then not only does he have to be born, but then he has to grow up at least a little bit, right? So he's, before he's capable of um, handling Kamsa. So um, Kamsa ends up actually slaying the first of six, the first six children. And there's a story about this, right? So it's always like, you gotta, these stories always involve like past lives. These things, the seeds of these incidences were sown in previous lifetimes in different incarnations. So Kamsa in a different incarnation had six sons that were cursed to be killed by their father. So he didn't kill them in that lifetime. He was their father in a previous lifetime, and he's killing them now in this lifetime. So the six, the first six children that Vasudeva takes to come, so are these six children that got cursed to be killed by their father. Um. So so that's that's you know the the retribution <laughs> that those those six people had, and it was their destiny. So not so much of like, necessarily like a, a heartbreak if you, when it's looked at from the higher, pers- from a, you know, from a broader perspective, from a, a longer time cycle, lifetime after lifetime, like what's happening. Um, so the seventh child and the eighth child, uh, the seventh child is when whenever Lord Vishnu is born, he's he comes along with his uh, his right hand man, right? So in the Mahabharata time, Krishna's right hand man is named Balarama. and uh, he's not just Krishna's little brother. He's pretty intense himself. He's actually he's an incarnation of Adi Shesha, which coincidentally is the same, um, deity that, that Patanjali is an incarnation of Adishesha or Ananta. So the Adishesha is the depicted as a serpent with thousands of heads, right? We say sahasvashirasam uh, shvetam, we have thousands of heads, Shirasam, thousands of heads. Uh, and he's the couch for Vishnu. In other words, the you know everything needs a container. Everything needs something. Right? So even Vishnu, right, the container, the support, the right hand man, so to speak, when it comes incarnated as uh, as his counterpart, is uh, the Shesha. So Balarama is the seventh son. And Krishna is the eighth son. And how did they get away with not getting Balarama killed? So they they faked an abortion. (laughs) And as the story goes, Krishna, who's Lord Vishnu himself, used his yoga maya, his power of uh, creation, uh, his creative magical powers to um transfer the fetus from inside Devaki's womb into uh Rohani's womb another which was another one of Vasudeva's wives and she lived in a different town and she lived in uh 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 I'm forgetting the name uh where the where the cows are I want to say Vrindavan, but I think it's not Vrindavan. It's uh, uh, anyways. Doesn't matter. Um, she lives in another town, so somehow they Vishnu, who's not even incarnated yet, uses his power inside the womb um, of Devaki to transfer. This is you know how the story is told into another person. So she has an abortion. I mean, not an abortion, uh, a miscarriage. I think I did. I say abortion earlier. I meant to say miscarriage. Uh, they faked a the miscarriage. Uh, and he was actually born in uh, Vasudeva's other wife's Rohini's womb uh, and raised over there. And when Krishna was born, he used again, he used his Yoga Maya, his magical creative power. Uh, he he made the gods, uh, the guards, sorry, and in the prison. Oh, I didn't I forgot to tell you the one detail, right? <laughs> at some point, David, I think it was at the beginning when when um Narada got Kamsa worked up to to not let the children go un. Slain, unkilled, but and not to trust his cousin Devaki and Vas- his her husband Vasudeva. So he had them locked up in a prison in his palace dungeon. So they were having these other babies, that the next five, and then the next, you know, plus uh, Balarama and Krishna, they were born in the dungeon of Kamsa's dungeon. Um, so when Krishna was born, the eighth one, Krishna used his magic to put the guards to sleep. And they, and then they had an escape. I don't know how they escaped. There's a good book I read it like 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, I can tell you guys the name. Uh, it's called the play of God and it's. All these all of these kind of stories of Krishna's early life um and then they're dovetailed together with with the later part of his life which is the, the in more in the Mahabharata and they're put together so from the bhagavad purana which has the earlier stories and the Mahabharata which has the later time uh concerned more with the war and stuff uh they're put all together so it's like a biography of Krishna called The Play of God, and it's by a a woman, I think her name is Vinamala, Vinamala Garland, uh, 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 or Vanna, Vanna Mala, a forest garland. It's very easy reading, and has nice uh, common commentaries wove together with the the story. So she, I remember reading that she kind of explained how he got out, but I don't remember the details, how how they did the escape. But anyway, so Krishna was born that way. And uh, Kumsa was pretty, uh, oh, how was, I'm missing a detail, but uh, okay, I can't remember all the details. It's impossible, there's too many details. So don't get mad at me. what happened to the eighth child, like from the dungeon perspective, you know, over where Devaki and Vasudeva are. Uh, I think it might've had something to do with, um, Yoga Maya got to be incarnated as a woman. Uh, but I, I, I'm i getting the details a little mixed up. Anyways, so comes Krishna is going to be the one who slays Kamsa and Chandra. And I was like, I I ran across a story that's taken from the actual um, uh, text, the actual, you know, the writing of the story. And I was really surprised and impressed with the detail. I mean, it was like watching a movie, all the detail of this fight that goes on between uh, Krishna, Balarama, and the different henchmen that Kamsa has in his court in in the palace and uh and i mean it's like they're going like blow by blow and and in a very poetic way it's like quite amazing uh i can give you guys the link later if you're interested i can put it in the in the comments in when i post the video and email it to you guys the link if you're interested in reading Um, it was just quite, it's like, you know, like now if you watch like some movies from like the early seventies and late sixties, like TV shows and stuff, it's more, it's like a play in the, and it's more about the plot and the storyline, the details and the special effects are lacking considerably compared to what we're used to in modern times. Now, you know, the, they really fed our, our senses and our, our, need for stimulation with all the technology and the special effects that they give us and our, our action movies are quite filled with lots of action and as I was reading the description it was very it was very akin to the amount of color and action that they put in the uh, in the modern movies now modern action movies so uh, I, I wasn't aware of that kind of style that they were able to replicate. And went to efforts to to do that uh, back then. So I'll just give you a couple more details with this this fight here. That uh, Krishna, after they the Balarama and Krishna did away with all the henchmen in the palace, uh, then Krishna kind of leaped up well, Kamsa starts shouting all these things about arrest them and kill them and take away all their, you know, uh, what do they call it? Confiscate all their properties and belongings and blah, blah, blah. He's really like, he's, they say he's like glowing red, like fire in his face. He's so upset uh, about what's happened. And the um, fight with Charnur ended like with, with Krishna hitting him his head and they said his head exploded and his eyes were it was very very detailed and uh I, because they are ladies i don't want to uh gross you out uh offend you or or scare you. um so after all that happens comes is like oh my god man i'm he's can't handle it he's like full of this rage and uh just like goes up jumps up onto his where his uh what do you call it? his throne is is that the right word throne is uh that the king the thing the king sits in and and he grabs him by the hair <laughs> he never hits him or anything he just like he kind of gouges at him and grabs him and he he parades him around and drags him around and he kind of died from the fear and the, a little bit from the being manhandled but it, it wasn't really a fight by the time it got to Kamsa. Remember, Kamsa was actually terrified because of that prophecy. So he was terrified of uh, this eighth child and terrified of Krishna also because he had sent so many demons or so many henchmen over to where Krishna was when he was a baby and growing up to kill him before he could grow up very much and. Um, Krishna was killing every everybody that Kamsa had sent after him. So there was quite a bit of fear built up in Kamsa. Uh and some of the commentators said he died from the fear more than from the actual uh physical brutality. So that's uh just one verse. I don't know what the other verses are. I, I stopped after that and I I read I uh, quite a few different web pages, stories about Kamsa and how it all happened and where they came from. Uh, and I remembered one other thing that I gotta re- look up was the, how the birth goes down with all the different uh, brothers of Duryodhana, the hundred brothers. Because <laughs> uh, when I heard the story told by Sadhguru, it sounded like science fiction. <laughs> They're in containers in incub- being incubated. Oh, okay. Is that it? Good story. I loved reading it. There's like so many details. I was like, wow finally had to just put it away oh yeah there's another thing but maybe we'll i'll go over this one next time one story's enough uh i also looked up um you know arjuna he went to heaven after he had his battle with shiva to get that that special weapon from shiva and the blessing from shiva and all the other gods gave him so uh I made some notes. So we're up to verse 37. There's too many stories that dovetailing into the Bhagavad Gita, which makes it really, uh, really nice study. At least for me, I hope for you. Cause even in, in this next section coming up we have another story already, so probably can't keep up with all the stories that come up. Hatova prapsya seed swargam mahim Tasma utishta countaya, Udaya krita nishayaha. Hatova prapyasi swargam, Jitva va poksha utishta countaya, Udaya krita nishayaha. Uh, slain you will reach heaven this is Krishna talking to Arjuna slain you will reach heaven victorious you will enjoy the earth therefore get up O son of Kunti and resolve to fight (laughs) now you have when Krishna talks about fighting man he's got some he's not just you know uh, a spectator He's a bona fide, uh, he's somebody to be reckoned with. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you guys got to read that section. I'll send it out to you, the description. Oh, maybe not. Depends if you like action movies or not. Uh, so Kyauntiya is one of his, Arjuna's uh, names because he's the son of Kunti, Kunti. Kyauntiya. So you just get another, another little taste of how Sanskrit, how a word modifies. Ooh, becomes au uh, kauntea. Right, so Krishna was born not just to slay Kamsa, but to slay a whole host of all kinds of evil people that were uh, parading around, ruling and, and making them mockery making a, a wreaking havoc uh, on the on the earth or at least over in their region. So just as impurities need to be removed from the body right Krishna needed to be born uh, to to help remove the wicked and also part of that is this this uh, this war you got to get rid of Duryodhana's dharmic evil, evil plans and uh, evil ways of governing society. He needs to be dealt with. Well, put away then to just, you know, have a war. (laughs) I mean, you're people like Krishna and Arjuna, that's what you do. So, um, so far, you know, that's been the council. It's been uh, kind of a little bit like, you know, you're not just, a person in this body. I mean, you're you're not just this body. You're you're something beyond this body. Your your perception is too limited, right? And you're thinking about just that I'm killing these people. You're forgetting that these are not people bound to these bodies, but there's there's something beyond that. Uh, and if you can shift your perspective away from just looking at the body as the person uh, and see that uh, we're souls that have been in existence before this lifetime and will be in existence after this lifetime also. Then, you see, it's not necessarily such a big deal, such a wicked thing to be involved in this war. And he's going to shift Sri Krishna uh, or Yogeshwara, the lord of yoga, is going to shift his angle, his perspective on his counsel to Arjuna. It's going to shift it from Samtya, that knowledge based to the yoga, to the practical side. Sukha, dukkha, uh, that's good. Sukha Duke Samekritwa La Bha La bhao, Jaya Jayao Tato Yudhaya Yudjasva Naivam Papam Avaktiasi Sukha Duke Samekritwa La Bha La bhao, Jaya Jayao Tato Yudhaya Taya yujasva naivam papam avapsyasi. Equanimity with happiness and sorrow, gain and loss, victory and defeat. While engaging in this manner, this equanimous manner, you will not incur any sin from this fight. you can keep your mind on in a balanced way keep your head on straight not cling to victory or be distraught from defeat Uh, or not be motivated by gain Uh, or the happiness you might get the treasures you might get from winning you just do it uh because it's set in front of you to do, and you're qualified to do it. it.'s your, that's why it's your job because you've, you're well prepared for it. Uh, remember all the you know preparation, all the things Arjuna's like well trained. He's was Dronacharya's top uh, archer student, archery student. Uh, Arjuna' like was able to battle. Uh, put up a fight with sh- none other than Shiva himself. He's like a top-notch warrior. It's his training, his lifelong training is to, to go to battle and protect dharma, uh, protect against evil, uh, evil people who, who uh, govern in, in a dharmic ways. and the the teaching here right this is we're starting to get into yoga now and the main thing right that cues us off that this is a yoga teaching is we're talking about maintaining equanimity in the face of duality uh, or in the face of opposites happiness and sorrow gain and loss victory and defeat Right? normally Right? We associate all the good ones, the happiness, the gain, and the victory. Those are the pleasure. And then the sorrow, the loss, and the defeat, those all give us misery. Those are things we want to avoid. And we're trying we're trying to accumulate more happiness through getting more stuff, through having more successes in life. but, right? We won't we, when things are going good, then we're happy. When things are going bad, then we're not happy. So we're really just like a victim when that, that's the way our mind functions, our emotions function. And we're just a victim to this cycling, this never ending cycling of the gunas. When the stock market's up, we're happy. When the stock market's down, we're depressed and the stock market's up again, then we're happy and then the stock market goes down and we're depressed again. And everybody knows, right? Anybody who's looked at the cycle, right? This We know the stock market goes up and goes down and goes up and goes down and goes up and goes down. And, goes and, goes down. Uh, and everything's like that, right? Even our health is like that. Um, we're healthy and we don't know when we're going to get sick. We try to keep our immune system strong, but still you never know like what kind of karmas we have that are gonna, and when they're gonna bear fruit. And unless you have like, you know, spiritual penetration and you can see your past lives, uh, it's very difficult to know exactly all the things that are gonna happen to you, Uh, the genital things or uh, diseases you might get. Uh, So you're happy and then you're, I mean, you're, you're happy because you're healthy, right? It's so easy to feel happy and balanced, and I'm um, so emotionally balanced because everything in my life is going perfect, just the way I want it. <laughs> and then I'm such a wreck because, right? That's that's um, normal. People, right? we attach all our happiness to those things: the the gain and the victory, um, the successes. But if we want to culture ourselves, we want to evolve to a more mature, higher level of spirituality, then we need to think differently, Uh, right? We need to not think so short-sightedly or superficially. Now you can see like when we were children, we got upset at a lot more little things than we get upset at now. It takes, not that we don't get upset anymore, but uh, hopefully we've naturally grown to have more tolerance, more patience for things, not working out the way we want them to. Like uh, like the first time my mom let me uh, try to pour the milk, I was so excited like show that i could do it and what did i do i i got the glass of milk like almost all the way full and then it all slipped out of my hands and i remember like i remember this vividly like because i was so excited like prove that i was you know capable i'm a man i'm a little like two year old man or three year old man or however old i was right i can do it i can do it and then like when (laughs) when the milk crashed over and i saw the milk like going over the table and spreading out <laughs> I was like <laughs> I, I can't control it all I could do is just like lose it and uh, yeah but now something like that, that happens and I probably I did that like a bunch of times with my kids too when, when they did things like that and uh, also like you're out of like if it happened to me like and uh, man I've come a long ways having kids has been so good for me to, de- to develop more equanimity and more patience. Uh, so much more patient, infinitely more patient than I was uh, those first five years or so with my kids. Uh, now they're 11, almost 11 and 13. So doesn't happen overnight, slowly. This growing and maturing and outgrowing the the littler things that bothered us at one time, right? If our mind is open to these ideas of the value of equanimity, right? Then those seeds, right? Even if they, they, maybe they don't produce the fruits that we want them to produce today. If we believe in the value of it, then it's, it's a nourished, a well-nourished seed that will grow and mature in us. If we were making the efforts, whatever appropriate efforts we're able to make today, day by day. Uh, so, this is uh, Krishna's first introduction, his be- the beginning of his treatise, treatise on yoga. Sukha duke same kritwa. Labha labha jaya jayao. Tato yudhaya yujaswa. Nivam papam of so a couple of things uh, from the Sanskrit perspective uh, vocabulary in terms of vocabulary the word papa means sin uh, things that create obstructions that things that create obstacles for us uh, and a uh, sin in the sense of obstacles. Could be both, it creates an external obstacle for us as well as an internal obstacle for us. For example, uh, first thing, example that comes to mind is you cut somebody off on the freeway and and then uh, (laughs) they get upset, they get pissed off and you get road rage. (laughs) So that's an external, uh, obstruction that's created right they come chasing after you uh and they pull out their gun <laughs> as an external right so your your uh your papa your behavior or your act your sinful act sin, i don't really like the word sin in english you know too much you know this religion stuff and sin has maybe too much of a Confused and mixed up uh, connotations, like because it's tied up too much with supposed tos, like written down rules. So uh, if you're if you're a, a beginner at spirituality and ethics, then we have to spell out some things like don't kill people, don't lie to them, right? So of course, but but once you get you know past uh kindergarten you know grammar school or the lower level grammar school right then and, and it, these things start to become kind of like well i don't want to kill people i don't want to lie i want, you know then then we can start looking at well the reason those things are considered to sin is because they create problems for you and for, for other people they create problems for them and for you and the, internally right, when you, when you lie, right, and your mind is not clear, you're not able to be straightforward, you're not able to channel, harness your mental faculties, and get them moving, get your soul force, all the different dimensions of your being, all going together in the same direction, because your mind is uh, creating different scenarios, and worrying about the effects of the different things you've done and the reactions from other people and protecting yourself from the repercussions, you know, like now I got to think about this guy who I just cut off and now he's chasing after me and oh god he's pulling a gun and so your mind, you know, you're trying to drive and get to where you need to go but now you have this guy, you know, so it's like all this uh, obstructions, some of it's coming to your mind is you know, not able to focus on what you need to do. Some of it's coming from outside the reactions. You throw a ball, the is gonna go, right? Uh, you shoot a gun up in the air, the bullet is gonna come down. You gotta then be thinking about when the ball is gonna come down, where am I gonna be, am I gonna be, right? So your mind is not, not as uh, efficient at heading towards where you wanna go. Sama means equanimity. Actually, it means same, and I love that the word same in English spells the same as the word same <laughs> in Sanskrit. Same, and basically, I ninety nine point eight percent sure it's uh, cognate of the word same, uh, etymologically related. And then, and then I wanted to point out one other thing, right? We have laba, laba, labao, jaya, jayao. And this is a very common structure that we use in Sanskrit. So laba plus alaba. Laba is gain, getting, having things. And alaba is loss. So you see, they join the two words with a long because the laba, alaba, and jaya ajaya you join them together so jaya Jaya whenever you see the similar words are the same two words and they're joined together as one word it's like a double why are they why are they repeating themselves are they trying to be cute Laba like the Chinese like to repeat. Words like that, ting ting, <laughs> bing bing. I have a friend, she's a, a Mysore teacher in Shanghai. Her name is bing bing, bing means ice. So they call her ice ice. It's the cute thing that Chinese speaking people do. So uh, is that what they're doing? No, they're they're saying the plus, the positive and the negative version of la ba. la ba, la ba, jaya jaya. So this is a common uh, structure that gets used. One more time because I love it. I like this shloka. Sukha duke same la la jaya jaya tato yudaya yujaswa naivam papam avapsyasi I'm going to quickly I checked the Somebody sent a message. Bad karma. Oh, so did you want to offer bad karma as a alternative to sin for Papa? Kind, kind of, like not satvik. Like, yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, bad. No, definitely. You can say bad karma. Absolutely. That's that's uh, totally totally fine. It it but. We're, Talking about the action, papa, things you do and it and it comes with, you know, the karma that's attached to it. So whenever the action is attached with comes with bad karma, yeah, then it's papa. <laughs> Abhihita Sankye, Eshate Abhihita Sankye, Buddir Yogi. Tu Imam Shrunu, Buddhyayukto. Yukto Yaya Parta, Karma Bantam, Prahasya Eshate Abhihita Sankye, Buddir Yogi. To Imam Buddhyayukto Yaya partha, karma The wisdom of self-knowledge, Sankhya Yoga, has been presented. Take now to the application. O Parta, endowed with this, you will be released from the bonds. Of karma, the bonds from excessive attachment and aversion. So Krishna has presented the Sankhya, and now he wants to talk about what's practical. Yoga, 99% practice, 1% theory, right? If you, all the knowledge in the world about diet is no use if you don't actually apply it. All the knowledge of exercise is no use unless you actually apply it, right? So the same with the philosophical, the spiritual knowledge. You have to apply it. You have to watch your mind uh, and learn to recognize the difference between uh vikshepa an unstable an unequanimous mind and uh sama, an equanimous mind a mind that's balanced and views things equally with e- with equali- uh, with equanimity so saṅkhya, uh you were familiar with that word right uh sankhya, that's the Literally, it means enumeration. You know, what enumerate means it's a fancy word. Like, ekam inhale, dwe exhale, trini inhale, chaturi exhale, pancha inhale, inhale. That's enumerating the vinyasas, counting the parts, or naming the parts, highlighting. The parts. No commentary, just enumerating. No instruction except for the, the basic enumeration of the vinyasa. Ye come, inhale, dwe, exhale, trini, inhale, head up. Oh, there's some instruction. <laughs> but it's very simple, right? It's still kind of in line with, it's just enumerating. uh and sankhya is one of the six hindu systems of thought darshana's what's another one anybody tell me there's one really it's really pertinent to us really dear to our hearts what's another one that's your clue alexis Genevieve, Denise, Sane, Christino, what's another one of the six? Sankhya is one. There's one, there's another one that's so dear to my heart. And I think to your guys' heart as well. Oh, non non-dualistic. Uh, Advaita Vedanta. That's uh, that's uh that's Vedanta, but but more general just vedanta not advaita vedanta advaita vedanta is a type of vedanta so the vedanta in the general sense is one of the six but i'm not so like in love with vedanta like i am with this other one i spend my whole life, my whole day thinking about this other one <laughs> and some of you guys might also spend a lot of time thinking thinking about this other one too. Genevieve, I saw a light go on in your eyes. No? Christina? Oh. Are you talking eight limbs? What is it? The eight limbs? The eight limbs, you're close, you're so close. Be less specific. These are six, you know, they're, they're more general categories. What is a limb's part of? Oh, ashtanga. Uh, 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 oh, yoga. What's that other word? Y- yoga. Huh? Yoga? Is it the Yoga Sutras? What do you say, Alexis? Yoga. Yoga. Is it the? Yo- just yoga. Is it the Yoga ashtanga Sutras? Ashtanga yoga. No, just, no, Alexis. Just yoga. So they're they're general. Wanted to be less specific, uh, yeah. Not the Limsa yoga, ashtanga yoga, or the yoga sutras. So these are all these are all commentaries, explanations, teachings about yoga. So yoga, just so within sankhya, then you. So you can say sankhya, but then then there's a whole bunch of you know baggage. Oh, I mean, sorry, um, not baggage. Uh, you know, uh, teachings and texts and viewpoints that are associated with Sankhya, taught with Sankhya and with yoga. So there's there's six different uh, types of philosophy or approaches to uh, life as, as we might say how how to view and kind of structure our approach to life these six different philosophies or darshanas as they're called darshana. the darshana means a vision. Right, so their are perspectives on, on life, on knowledge. Uh, so there's Sankhya and yoga. Sankhya and yoga are often uh, mentioned in the same sentence almost, so to speak. Uh, but uh, yoga is the practical. Without yoga, how can knowledge give you liberation, moksha? Guruji liked to quote that, uh, it's from an Upanishad, I think. Or maybe he just said that, maybe it's his own quote. Uh, Without yoga, how can knowledge give you moksha? You have to apply it, you have to apply it. And yoga is the method of how you apply this. Yoga is the the means for uh, gaining equilibrium. Uh, Sankhya, in case you want to know, Sankhya was taught by the sage Kapila and the text they, the main text they use is called the Sankhya Karika. Not super important unless, you you know, you want to research and you'll need to know some names. Uh, Easy to look up though nowadays. Can look up anything you need to know. What is sankhya enumerating? Sankhya is enumerating uh, the different parts of creation, of the manifest creation, and also it includes the 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 un the unmanifest. Usually, sankhya is thought of as being the whole of everything is two parts, Prakriti and Purusha, Prakriti and Purusha. Prakriti is all the manifest sides. So Prakriti gets divided into 24 parts. Manifestation, creation is Prakriti and it's divided into 24 parts. All the way from the unmanifest Mula Prakriti to all the different uh, aspects of all the elements, the and uh, the senses, which is the interface between um, matter, and then that that twenty fifth part of the sankhya enumeration, the consciousness or spirit or purusha. So it's usually. Of as a dualistic philosophy, because it uh, not that they're saying the ultimate reality, but but if you're going to analyze things, right, you use your intellect, right, when you analyze things, this is an intellectual way of understanding creation, right, and the thing the intellect does is it it draws boundaries around things. So it doesn't mean the boundary is set in stone or that that's the ultimate reality, but it's a way for your mind to grasp something that's beyond uh, your intellects, ability. you know, the intellect wants things to be uh, neat and, and fit into boxes. So Sankhya has created this uh, enumeration that gives your mind a way to grasp uh, more of the whole thing. But the intellectual way is cuts the whole, the universe, the, the unity of everything and cuts it up into pieces. Uh, yoga puts it back together. Gives you the experience without cutting it up with the sharpness of your intellect, the keenness of your Smarts, theory and practice. Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, one, you know, one interesting thing uh, is I noticed that they're using the word "yukta" a few times, and if if you have the word "run" and you have the word "ran," right? They're like kind of the same word. But they're a little bit different. Uh, Yukta is, they call it past participle. Yukta is actually the same word as yoga, Uh, but it's a different form, run, ran, it's past participle. So yoga is like, uh, let's say it's making union, Uh, whereas yukta is unioned. Union or joined, join from joining, being in the process of joining, uh, to to joined, or just join. Yoga join means join, uh, and it and it's being used to really accentuate the application to mean the application, and I just it se- feels to me it feels significant that they're taking the word yoga right, to refer to, because yoga also has, it's also the name of a system of thought. It, besides being a word by itself, which means joined, it's also a, a body of practice and knowledge, right? So they took the same word, yoga, and they gave it a little twist, yukta saying practical, practical, practical. So so they they're, in other words, because they're using the same word in a different form to refer to the practicality, the, the application of, of the philosophy, yoga is about application. Even though there's a lot of philosophy tied in with yoga and the teachings of yoga, the real yoga is not the philosophy, but the application. The 99% practice. You have to eat it. You have to live it. You have to practice it, and, and exercise it, and experience it. You can't just talk about it. Even though you can talk about yoga, and tell your an old person but you won't become any closer, have any more wisdom if you don't apply it. And that's what the yoga is, uh, is the applying. Uh, and just in case you don't believe me, you can hear it from my teacher, Sri K. Joyce. It is very important to understand yoga philosophy. Without yoga philosophy, Practice is not good. And yoga practice is the starting place for yoga philosophy. Mixing both is actually the best. It's very important to understand philosophy. But you have to practice. That's the place. You start the philosophy, he's saying, yoga practice is the starting place for the yoga philosophy. Don't start with the intellect. Start with breathing and movement. And getting your mind to be present and focus on the body—the thing that the mind is is most tangibly, most obviously connected to—that's uh, that's the starting place. And then as the you start to get more anchored in the in paying attention what you're doing with yourself, with your energies uh, and your psychology uh, and your breathing and these different things, you're more cognizant of them, then you can start seeing how the philosophy is actually connected to, to what you're doing with yourself. Well, when you see the connections, right? when you see how your mind is caught in a repetitive loop, right? Uh, or making you miserable, uh, compounding the suffering of my cup finger. Cup finger is not so bad, but I'm sure I'm making (laughs) hell for myself, hell within myself over it, right? When you start, when you make the connection, you cognize how the your mind is the creator of your reality. The quality of your reality is created inside inside the heart and the mind. Then uh, you can start taking affirmative action. So Krishna is going to start talking more about yoga. And uh, let's see what's next. Oh, the next one. And then the story comes there. We do one more. I'll stop here. One more. Okay, stop here. Okay, two to zero. We'll do one more, okay. Uh, Can do this page, let's see, yeah. Tatiana, did you wanna vote? I didn't see if you voted, you're cool. I'm okay to do more, I don't know if you can hear me. Yes, I can hear you now, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'm good to do more. Neha abikrama nashon asti Pratyavayo navidyate Swalpam api asyadharmasya Triate mahato bhayat. Neha abikrama nashosti Pratyavayo navidyate Swalpam apyasya dharmasya tryate mahato bhaiyata. There's no loss in this effort, this effort to be equanimous. There's no adverse effect. Even a small amount of one's own dharma protects one from great fears. So even any efforts we make to try to bring our mind back to center, to reconnect with our our inner reality, our inner source, our inner power, our inner balance, any effort at all is is not wasted. And it never goes wrong on us. It never turns out uh, to be harmful or to not be helpful. The smallest amount, salpa. Salpa sakre. Uh, I used to order my coffee in Mysore. Salpa sakre. Little bit of sugar. Like sucrose. Sakre. Salpa means a little bit. Alpa means a little. Su-alpa. just a good little bit, salpa. Uh, even just a little bit of dharma, of this dharma of trying to get your mind into yoga, into a state of yoga, control your mind, keep your mind from going into negative uh, and and uh, harmful or or uh, depressed, you know. Trying to any effort you make to keep your mind uh, moving in a in a useful and a beneficial way for you towards things that are are going to be useful uh, like being present <laughs> can never go wrong to be present uh, keep your eyes open wake up uh, it's it's a good thing. Right? How could that be bad? Uh, on contrast, right? If you if you look at our efforts in worldly affairs, if you don't finish building the house, right? I've seen. I used to see these. Like, I uh, went to this place in uh, Santa Barbara, go for a walk above the ocean on the bluff, and there was these uh, foundations. No house, just the found old foundation all grown over by weeds and, and stuff. And uh, it's a nice place to walk because it's open. Uh, and they made it a preserve eventually. Uh, the Douglas, some forget the family's name, yeah. Preserve, uh, Douglas Family Preserve. They, uh, If you don't finish the job, that all that effort they made to, to clear the land and put the foundations in, it's all, all that effort was wasted, right? Because they didn't finish the job. And if we make a little effort in yoga, that we don't get that kind of waste like you do with the worldly type of efforts. Worldly efforts need to be followed through to completion in order to get the benefits from them. Not so with spiritual efforts, any spiritual effort, no matter how small, will still be beneficial. And that's great news, right? So we don't have to be like Olympic level uh, yogis. We just need to make effort. We don't have to be like the best on Instagram. We just need to make efforts to get our mind Uh, to understand our minds better. To go from false thinking to understand what is, what is this false thinking anyways? What the hell is he talking about? I'm not interested in that. What is false thinking? You got to be on, what are you on anyways? Is he drunk? Is he on LSD? False thinking? What is that? Uh, to make efforts to understand what is false thinking? What is useless thinking? What is viparyaya This wrong way of allowing our minds to function. Ways that causes us suffering. Uh, ways that is not efficient to accomplish a task. This is viparyaya. For example, um, uh, <laughs> For example, um, while you're trying to do handstand, or let's say Karandavasana, some hard pose, or or Bhujapidasana, or Bakasana, whatever the pose you're trying to do is, um, you're thinking too much about like how cool it would be if I could do this pose. How is that gonna help you to do the pose, to s- spend some of your precious vital prana and and mental faculties on thinking about how cool it will be when i finally get this pose how is that helping you to actually get the pose it's not so that's the kind of it's useless thinking it's self-indulgent right you're thinking about for yourself how cool it'll be to to finally get the pose that's a self-indulgence that's the, the I like that term because it really sounds pretty pretty kind of nasty self-indulgence if you nobody wants to admit that they they're self-indulgent right because automatically you know so so we start thinking of these things like you're thinking about yourself and how you're gonna benefit or how you're gonna feel how you're gonna allow this external activity this external accomplishment to elevate your sense of value and worth. So self-indulgent, come on, get over yourself. Just try that if you can enjoy the process, like people who like to do puzzles or people who enjoy reading a good book, there's almost more like rather than when they complete the puzzle or they complete the book, Maybe there's more like, oh, it's done now. Now what, <laughs> right? Because you're, you're enjoying the process. I finished the book, I'm sad now. Right? Uh, that's also, you know, that's another kind of viparya, right, I'm sad now. But, but it, it highlights the idea that you're enjoying being involved with the process rather than looking for the end result. You enjoy the process more. So viparya. we want to move from viparyaya from asato, asato ma, we don't want viparyaya. We don't want asato. Asato ma, we want to go into proper thinking, into pramana. These are from the Yoga Sutras, the five, uh, what are they called, vrittis? the Panchavritti, pramana vipariya vikapha nitra uh, Wow, it's starting to, it's starting to get distant in my memory. Uh, so, pramana is the first one that's proper use of your mental faculties, pramana. Right? And that's when we say that prayer every day, Asatoma Sadkamaya. So sad means truth, being in your in a state of that which is true and real. Asato means not being a real. When you're self-indulging, that stuff is just only exists in your imagination. When your mind is not functioning in a practical way that's producing that's helping to guide your energies to towards your goal asato ma sad we want to go gamaya towards sad gamaya away from the viparyaya asato uh, and that's what the yoga is the yoga is not whether you're able to do handstand or not. It's not whether you're able to catch your ankles and backbends or not. It's not whether you're able to get uh, 10,000 likes on your Instagram photo. That's not the yoga. The yoga is this process of identifying, getting more acquainted with and getting a better understanding of yourself. So you can move, you can identify when you're indulging in viparyaya, when you're in asato and make some efforts, even a small effort will not go unwasted to move from asato to sadha, from viparaya to pramana, from false thinking to right thinking. So the yoga, yogic efforts are always beneficial. They always bring a little bit more of a state of contentment, santosha to us and help us to channel our energies, our precious uh, time and energy in more efficient, effective, efficacious ways. And um, as our understanding of this process it becomes more clear to us, as we understand it better, our spiritual awareness is increasing, right? Then the fear is reducing. So the last thing Krishna says in the shloka is, Trayate Mahato Bahayat. Trayate Mahato Bahayat. The bah, baya, baya ya, sorry, not baha, baya ya. Uh, baya means fear. Mahato, great fears. So it protects us, trayate, protects us from fear. Because we have more awareness of ourself, more understanding of ourself. As we're able to get ourselves to make that shift, our mind can respond to our intention to make that shift. We're able to let go of those things that are not good for us, let go cut ourselves off from the suffering patterns and move towards the productive balancing contentment, uh, energies and patterns. Right, that's the same as having more spiritual awareness as that's increasing. Then we're, we'll have less fear. What are we afraid of? Uh, we're people talking badly about us, afraid of not uh, having enough money, not having enough excess of money, uh, of becoming hungry. We let uh, the feelings of being hungry distract our minds from being able to stay focused on on what we're doing. Uh, we get fear of not getting, of becoming sleepy. So we want to go to, to bed and we want to sleep more uh, because we don't want to maybe be tired later. We get f- fear of getting sick fear of death, all these different things. The more control we have, the more under, we understand this, these two things, this spectrum between asato and sad, asataha actually, asato and sad, asata uh, and, and sad. Then uh, the less we will be fearful of these things. Why? Because if we have more control of ourselves, more clarity of ourselves, then these things won't bother us as much. They will disturb us less. They will push us off balance with less ease than they used to as our awareness, our self-awareness increases. so the yoga is the this practical application of examining ourselves and dropping making the, the cut away from the the negative and stepping towards more further into the the positive and uh We'll see what else Krishna has to say about this uh, next week. We'll stop here today. Thank you. That's another story. I have to wait until next week to tell you about it. I'm too excited. His stories are so I don't know. I've never been excited about the stories, but now I'm reading them. I don't really necessarily understand the meaning of them, but somehow they're they're touching a part of my heart that they hadn't touched in the same way that. Gives, gives me some sense of there's some meaning there. Even if it's just a cultural meaning, I'm not sure. So I don't really care. Touches my heart. So it's enough for me. I'm a very simple person. Um anybody have anything they, they need to say, want to say before we do the closing chants? OM TAT SAT OM SWASTI PRAJABYAK Paripalayantam NYAYENAMARGENAMAHI MAHI SHAH GO BRHAHMANEBHYAH SHUBAMAS TU NITYAM LOKAHA SAMASTAHA SUKHINO bhavantu KALE VARSATU PRAJANYAHA Prativi Satyashani, Deisho Yang Chauvritaha, Brahmana Santu Nirbhya, Aputra putrina Santu, putrina Santu, Pautrinaha, Adana Sadana Jeevan Tu, Sharadam Shatam, Sarvesham Swastir Babatu, Sarve Sham Shantir Babatu, Sarve Sham Puranam Babatu, Sarve Sham Mangadam Bhavatu, Sarve Bhavantu Sukinaha, Sarve Santu Nilamaya, Sarve Badrani Pashyantu, Ma Kashtitu Om Shanti 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 hi. Om Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Vrityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti, 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 hi. Om. Por Namada, Por Namidam, Por Nath, Por Namudhachate. Por Nasya, Por Namadaya, Por nam eva, Om. Shanti 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 Om Tat Sat Brahma Panamastu